0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara.
2: Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk for Thursday, June the 20th. I'm your host, D.A. NBA draft tonight, NBA free agency looming, and every day a different rumor to tackle. Let's start in Golden State, where the Warriors are wondering what happens after Kevin Durant becomes a free agent, and knowing that he has this Achilles tear that he's got to rehab all of next season. Is it possible that the Golden State Warriors actually don't watch him walk out the door, but instead trade him? How would it happen? Well, one report out there says that the Warriors would sign Kevin Durant to the five-year max contract that they can offer, which is worth an extra year and $57 million more than anybody else can offer. Sign him to that, let him rehab a Golden State, and then a year from now, perhaps, trading him where he would end up signing they get something in return, they don't let him walk out the door, and he gets the security of an extra year and more money. Could this happen? The guys on Joe Low and Dibs break it down, 95.7 of the game in San Francisco.
0: This is a direct quote from Winhorst. One of the things that is being discussed right now is that the Golden State Warriors would offer Kevin Durant a five year contract, fifty seven million dollars extra. Then he could get signing elsewhere, let him rehab, and then work with him to be traded. Potentially to New York, potentially to somewhere else. It would be their way to sort of take care of him monetarily after what he just went through and also protect the franchise and get some assets. End quote. Brian Windhorst, NBA insider on ESPN's Get Up this morning, talking about the idea of giving Kevin Durant that five-year $220 million max, which is 57 more than he can make signing with any other team because roughly any other max deal he takes outside of golden state's about four years, one hundred and sixty. There's some change in there. So give him that deal, give him a year to rehab here with the warriors. And then should he want to leave, explore trade opportunities with various teams, work out the compensation so that they could come away with something. This is absolutely genius on three different levels. First off, You have to make this offer because it's very ugly optics. If you have him come back, he gets hurt. He wrecks the Achilles. He's out for a year as he heads into free agency. And you, the team that's been saying for more than a year, priority number one is to resign Kevin Durant. We love Kevin Durant. We want to keep him here. You Get him back out on the court. He wrecks his leg. You end up not offering that deal. That just looks bad. Not saying it's right or wrong. It's not a matter of right or wrong. It's just a matter of optics. It looks bad. So smart move by the Warriors from a PR perspective. Take care of your own. Make the offer. Reason number two, it looks good. You have an entire year to continue recruiting him. An opportunity to get him to stay. Sure, we're going to help you find a trade. But, you know... While you're at it, why don't you come join me in this business venture? Why don't you take a look at this? Or, hey, we got this for you. Hey, found some doctors we're bringing in to work with you on this. A lot of things can be done to make him feel better about his time in the Bay Area. Maybe he thinks after a year, you know what? I don't want to take the risk of going somewhere else and starting all this up again. I just want to come back and play at Chase Center. I'm getting paid real well here. Things are going well. I got great teammates around me. Let's go make some noise. Got an entire extra year, and that's the shrewdness of this. You got the optics in part A, you've got the shrewdness in part B, and then part C, if he chooses to leave, no hard feelings. Everyone did the right thing. You go out there, you find a fit, you bring in some assets in return, unlike what we thought was gonna happen. He was just gonna leave in free agency and you were gonna get nothing, and you come away with something for the future. Win, win, win. Downside, very minimal. Appears that the only downside is if he would stumble through recovery and And that the rehab process would be beset by setbacks, and as a result, you wouldn't get the same Kevin Durant, no one would want him, and you'd be stuck with all that money on the books. But hey, it's still Kevin Durant, and that's the worst case scenario. Modern medicine and doctors nowadays have a way of repairing these things, so I think that's a very small risk. There, there's there, that's
3: a small risk, and I think, like you said, he'll come back. But I think there's another downside that we're, we're, we're all of us would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge it. If they do that five year deal, and like you said, they woo him, and then they do the same thing with with uh, Clay Thompson. The downside now, Joe, you got to look at it, and it's a year. And in a year, who's going to be a free agent? Draymond Green. How would this affect? There, there's a cause and effect for everything. So we got to look at that too and say, if this happens and if they offer Clay the same, what does that do with Draymond Green? Because both of those guys would be up in that year if they wound. And he says, I'm staying. How do you handle a situation like that? So I think that there's a lot of other things that
2: play in come into effect. It's an interesting theory, but here's what you have to also factor in. From a warrior standpoint, it might make sense to get something back instead of just watching KD leave but does KD want to go to a place where they've got to sell assets to acquire him? He's been used to winning. He's just had three consecutive years of a team going to the NBA Finals, and two of those, when he was playing, ended with championships. Let's say he would get traded to the Knicks. Does he want to go to a Knicks franchise that's already losing the trade away, a number of draft picks, players, or assets, to then acquire him so that the cupboard's even more bare when he's there? I don't think so. And so while it sounds good in hypotheses, I don't think Kevin Durant would want to go to a place that has to give away a bunch of things that would help him win at that new destination. Could Zion Williamson be the next great superstar like a Kevin Durant? Many people think so. Dick Vitale, of course, covers college basketball. He's done a number of Duke games throughout the years. Pretty synonymous with that program. So just how good can Zion be and Dicky V also getting up there in years, just re-signed a deal with ESPN. But does he start feeling the age? Here's the Mac Attack, WFNZ in Charlotte with Dickie V. To
0: me, he's a generational talent. How good do you think Zion will be in the NBA?
4: Well, I agree with you, man. He's special. He's absolutely special. Unless an injury curtails his career. Uh, The kid's got the whole package. He's got a gift in terms of his incredible jumping ability, explosiveness, size, strength, power, uh, and on top of it, a terrific attitude. How anybody can take shots at this kid is beyond me, because he represents all that's good about a student athlete. He really does. If he had his way, and it wasn't the system that existed. He had no choice but to leave school. I really firmly believe this kid would have been a four-year player because he just loves school. He loves his teammates. You know what really showed me a great deal of him last year? And I mentioned it on TV in one of the games I was doing, you know, Scotty Pittman came out. And I, I could understand it against Scotty thinking that the kid, you know, might get hurt, etc. But he came out and said he should quit. She should quit right now in the middle of the season. He's the number one pick. Why jeopardize getting hurt? And he had a great response. So I said, quit. I'm not quitting on my like, teammates. I love what I'm doing. I love being here. I'm playing basketball. I mean, let's face it. He wasn't going to lock himself in a closet. He was going to be working out and playing. And injuries can happen. They can happen to anyone. That showed me a lot of character. So, again... All those people, man, you know, when you live in this world, and I'm a very sensitive guy, as many of us are. We don't like to admit it, but we are. And and I'll tell you, there's some very cruel people who can't wait to really bury people. You know, I said in the interview here, and it's so true, when you get to be 80 years old, okay, and you're working... If I make a mistake on TV, if I call the kid's name wrong somehow, some way, and I work so diligently to not make that happen, more probably now than I ever did. Because if I made a mistake when I was young, they simply would say, well, he slipped, you know, just yeah. slip. Now, if you make a mistake in you're 80, you're senile. You're locked <laughs> up. You're done. <laughs> I mean, it's really cruel. Some people, but ninety percent of the people, Mac and T Bone, are really good people.
0: Two guys that you know well, we certainly know, him playing playing. Uh, you know, up uh, on Tobacco Road, that that we are that we'd be interested in a trade up are Kobe White out of UNC and Cam Reddish out of Duke. Um, what do you think of those guys? Do, do you think because uh, uh, I think they both have star potential in the NBA? How do you feel?
4: Well, you know, I, I think Kobe is really going to be special. I really do. People have to realize his age. Same with Cam. You know, I think Cam was caught up. I really do. Nobody's ever told me this. He certainly wouldn't admit it. But I think he got caught up in the unbelievable success right early, right from day one, the impact of Zion and also of the kid R.J. Barrett. And I think he came in so highly rated, Cam Reddish. I think he struggled mentally with that. and He didn't get off to a good start. I think that affected him. I know I was talking to one coach who asked me about it, called me. We spoke, and I said, simply, I'm telling you, that kid in the middle of the first round, are you kidding me? I said, first of all, he's got great skills. He's got tremendous size for a perimeter player. Can't teach that length. And I really think the breakthrough for him is going to be now on his own, out there, performing. He's got talent. And so does Kobe. Kobe's got great size. He can get to the basket. He can make shots. He can score. He's like a lead guard more than he's a point guard because he can score as well as distribute the basketball. I, I think Kobe White moving up. I I, I see him... Is potentially a guy seven, eight in the draft up in that area, a reddish, uh, probably nine, ten in that area. Yeah. I, I would go a little higher with him. In fact, I look at the at the draft right now, and you, you're talking Charlotte; they go number twelve, I believe. Is it right? Yep. I'm mean, just trying yep. my number here. Yep. I think they're number twelve. You know, number twelve. I, I firmly believe we got we got a draft that's very unique on paper right now.
2: While Zion is known as a great athlete, what we saw last year is that he's so much more than that. He understands spacing. He understands passing, passing lanes. He understands how to work under the basket, his footwork, and he's coachable and hardworking and a great teammate. That all leads me to believe that Zion has everything that it takes to be a super duper star. And as for Dickie V, hey, 80 years old, you start forgetting names, then... Yeah, I don't think it's awkward or unfair to say that that could be old-timers day, if you will, in the Dickie B. household. I think that's all right. In Dallas, off-seasons often revolve around trying to sign big names, dreaming of free agents coming to the Mavericks, and then watching them not end up putting pen to paper. Is that going to happen again this off-season? Well, here's NBA reporter Mark Stein, who joined the Ben and Skin show on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas.
5: History says that the Mavs don't get their way in free agency. So I think, I think Mavs fans have to brace for that kind of summer. And if it, if let's just say it was my, you know, my cousin, Willie Colleystein Stein, the only, <laughs> the only sign in NBA history, let's say, let's just say to play along that that was the guy. They would probably have enough for a third, I would think. Um, so maybe they, maybe it's three players, but look, as, as I've, mentioned to you guys a million times, you know, they're going to swing big because that's what Cuban wants to do. And I, I think it is fair to say that if Kemba Walker doesn't go back to Charlotte, the Mavs have as good a chance of any to steal him away. If you, had, if you said, name the team that Charlotte is most concerned about, it would not be the Lakers, it would not be the Knicks, it would be the Mavericks. So, I do think the Mavericks will have their day and have their say with Kemba Walker, and, and maybe they're going to get him. But I don't know that Patrick – let's just say it's Patrick Beverly and one or two others. I don't know that that's the worst thing. The Mavs already – their big move was made in February. Mm -hmm. They wanted to go after Porzingis as a restricted free agent. They were able to trade for him, and they were ready to throw a parade. I mean, they got their guy. They really got their guy in February.
3: No doubt. No doubt. Okay, the story that was reported that has got me the most worked up over the course of this entire offseason and really not even before the offseason – was and look, we think you're the absolute best in the business. We say that on the air all the time. That Windhorse had this story, and it was so vague. It was like the Mavs are up to something, and we're like, okay, wait a second. You can't just throw that out there. You didn't give us any details. What does that mean? Does he really know something, or is he just saying they're up to something? Like every team is up to something. So, what do you make of that story, and what are they up to, Steiny?
5: Wendy's one of the best, one of my best friends, and he's sensational. I didn't see that. I I don't know where it's hard for me to kind of react to something that I didn't see or read. And I don't really know the context of I'm going to guess that that was not the only sentence of his report. So I don't don't know what else he said, Uh, but the Mavs are always up to something.
3: Right. That's kind of what we said.
5: Why are you scared? You should be glad. Imagine rooting, imagine rooting for one of these teams. that's never up to something. That's when it's time to, that's when it's time to panic. Yeah. I just,
3: you know, you were talking about how the Ma- the history says the Mavs will, yeah, I'm paraphrasing, but you, history has not been kind to of the Mavericks in free agency. But when have they had Luka and Porzingis, those types of talents, and we know that these big names like to group up with other superstars. Benny,
5: and, uh, Sada, come on, we've already covered this ground in my last 17 Beninskin appearances. <laughs> Let's go! It's, not, it's too soon to expect those guys. Those guys are not yet attracting other players. It's not. It's not like LeBron and AD teaming up. It's just not. They're both young, and they're foreign, and they and un, it's it's not fair to them. And I know you love them both like they're your own children, but it's just different. It's just different. They, you know, Luca will eventually have that status. I don't. I don't think there's any question. But he's only been here for a year. Top veteran free agents are not rubbing their hands together saying get me to Dallas for that reason they just aren't it's it's too soon to say that
2: it seems weird that the Mavericks have not been able to lock down these big time free agents because Mark Cuban seems like an owner that a lot of players would want to play for he's a guy that spares no expense making sure they're taken care of they have been competitive certainly in the recent past and won a championship within this decade and Texas has no state income tax warm weather I would think that the Mavericks would be a huge player in free agency, but it's true. Every year, we hear about other teams that do not include the Dallas Mavericks. Last night, we had such a great moment in baseball. Max Scherzer, ace of the Nationals, was taking bunting practice the other day in the batting cage, and one got up and in on him, bounced off of the bat into his face, ended up breaking his nose and giving him a a black eye. Everybody thought that he would, of course, miss the start the next day, which was last night. Oh, contraire, Max Scherzer ends up going out there and throwing a gem with a big black eye. Seven innings of scoreless baseball, only four hits given up, and a win over the Phillies. What a gamer mentality for Scherzer. Here's the sports junkie is a 106.7, a fan of D.C. Well, you know who's
6: been close to perfect lately? Max Scherzer. <laughs> wow. Quite a performance. Heard a some of- ridiculous last night. stats last night on the uh, post game. And I have some numbers in front of me. His last 11 starts, he's got a 1.82 ERA with 102 strikeouts. Right. So people are wondering, well, how's it going to be? He broke his nose, has a black eye. Well, it's what he's been doing of late because I believe in the last six starts, he has a sub-1 ERA.
1: Yeah, I know. He's just been fantastic. I don't think anybody should be really surprised, right? We know the kind of gamer he is. If he was good enough to go a day after breaking the nose, I you know I, I thought he would pitch like he always does, and he did. He just did. Yeah, he didn't he, hurt his arm. He said afterwards that on a on a scale from like one to ten, the pain is a zero from breaking his nose. So they've already got that figured out. Um, yeah, he looked banged up. He looked kind of awesome actually with the black eye uh, and and everything else. Look almost looked like he was wearing eye black.
6: He's the classic case of why you should completely disrespect or mostly disrespect wins and losses for pitchers because he's five and five. He's got a sub three ERA, right? You think he's really a five? He's a five hundred pitcher. Of course, he's not.
1: Now I will say this: yes. I've had my nose hit before. One time, I was punched in the face and hit my nose, and didn't feel much that day, but it bothered me for months. Right, right? for months, it was just tender to the touch. Sure. That doesn't mean that I, I couldn't have, you know pitched a softball game or something but yeah. uh, but it it is, it is annoying softball <laughs> game. I'm trying to give an equivalent <laughs> right it it, it is yeah, uh, of course
6: your face is always always sensitive it's all yeah it's any, butt sensitive anytime
1: max touches his nose it's going to it's, it's gonna smart. I believe we did a Junk's TV bit where JP and I were boxing with headgear. JP right. punched me in the face, like flush
6: in the face, and yeah. got me like where the headgear wasn't. Yeah, and I think we took a flight like the like that day or the next day. And I was, I think I was out of commission for a good twenty four hours. I was a mess,
1: right? And that was getting punched with a boxing well, how, glove with headgear. How long did it bother you, like to the touch? I don't Just know. for, for like a, day? a day? Oh yeah, mine was for and mine months. wasn't broken.
6: Yeah, <laughs> wasn't anything near broken. Right. It was just uh, slightly touched. Right. Well, the bottom line is Max has been pitching his ass off, and there was a narrative there for a moment when he started the season not as good as expected that maybe he's slowing down because he's an older pitcher. Well, hasn't happened yet.
1: That was more your narrative. I never there bought was a into a possibility
6: that. that some people will say, eventually it's going to
1: happen. Eventually he's not going to have a Cy Young type of year. Right. I just don't think we're, we're there yet, clearly. Um, how old is my brother, my son, my brother, my Maybe son, son was asking me 30 yesterday. Thirty four, only thirty four. Although he will be thirty five next month, uh, late July, July twenty fourth. Uh, he's still, you, I, you still in his prime. Clearly,
6: no, you're witnessing a Hall of Fame pitcher every time he goes on the mound. He's got unbelievable stuff, and for the Nationals, not only did he get the Scherzer win, they got a big Corbin win. Both pitchers right. went seven innings, and they'd been worrying about Corbin because his last three starts were disastrous. To get two wins of the Phillies, they didn't gain ground really on the Braves. That's for the division. But I had listened to the five a.m. flash with Pete Medhurst, and he pointed out if you actually look at the wild card standings, they're just four back. Right. Right. So they've found themselves back in the mix. Hopefully, this will continue. They have one more with the Phillies, and then they have the series with the Braves. Uh, yeah, like I
1: said. I'm not going to get too too worked up until they get to 500. Well, they're only three games b- below mm-hmm. 500 now. They're up to 35 and 38. It's
6: nice when each of your pitchers delivers four hit ball on the same day. <laughs> when you get that from Corbett and Scherzer, and when right. you don't have to rely on that your helps. poopy pen, it helps a lot. Well, Swaro came in. better. Swaro pitched well. Doolittle did his thing.
2: Yeah, at least in the in the second game. So yeah.
6: maybe they're figuring it out.
2: That's just a phenomenal moment and a great baseball moment for a tough guy on the mound. And for Scherzer to go out there and look like that big, bloody, bruised, black eye, and then to throw a gem like that to twirl a seven-inning shutout, man, that's, that's a great scene. And that says so much about his competitive nature and ability to focus and really lock in. The silly side of baseball, thankfully it's silly and not tragic, is the stories that are now being reported out of the Dominican Republic surrounding the David Ortiz shooting. Now authorities of the DR say it was a mistaken identity that Ortiz wasn't the original intended target. Really? That's what you're going with? Here's Mutt, Callahan, and Reamer on WEEI in Boston.
7: Ortiz I mean, weighs hundred more pounds than this guy. Different, different hair, different body type. What do you mean it's a stereotype? It's 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 not it's not believable that anybody. Yeah, Ortiz is what seventy hundred dollars or seventy thousand dollars. 6'3 and two sixty. Yeah, yeah. There's no way David Fernandez can be uh, mistaken for this. No it's one. Like, no um, one uh, believes uh, it. Besides, I, I think Ken. it was
8: Thornton, who's a, you know can be a funny writer sometimes. Said. it's like going to Disney, and you're and you're being hired to murder. <clears> mickey mouse and you just shoot some <laughs> random tourist is
0: that his line yeah that's pretty good and wow. say,
8: you know i thought it was you know i mistook the two first for everything it's from behind it's not like <laughs> looking line. at david ortiz's it, it, face you, well you know who you're looking at the other guy right
7: uh, yes. i don't know that he's that clear
8: fernandez not, not third very, very sitting side by it's, not, it's not crystal clear nothing is okay. on that tape uh, on on that grainy video but isn't the other guy in his view
9: yeah, it's, it's dark. There's a shadow of a doubt
8: here. Or tea,
9: and Ortiz is so much bigger than this Fernandez. You look at this Fernandez picture. Fernandez is am... not wearing black, a uh, white pants.
7: He's wearing black pants. Correct. That's the. Is that from that it's the picture dark, you tweeted you it out? Tell jeans. That's that that looks, night, it looks, it looks It looks like jeans. It, it, is. Looks, like, like, it looks like, like jeans. Black right, jeans
8: versus Chris white pants. Completely different. Chris Curtis just tweeted out the side by side. On the Mutt Callahan, Mutt Callahan Twitter account. If you want to see, nice promotion. It's the two of them. Dressed, you know, dressed for a night out. Their big Alice, cell this phones, is what you would out. have to wear, white pants with those very colorful shirts. <laughs> <I'm
7: not> gonna, <laughs> a and, um, anything, the a shirt. But... shirt. He appears to have his his thumb painted. Is, Finger- is that something you do? do your you, you paint your fingernails? Yeah, people do, people do paint their it's like nails. A dark
8: yes. black fingernail paint. They Heterosexual paint nails. males
9: sometimes, absolutely, yeah. And they're
8: doing a little toast, having a drink. A toast to the evening. Ortiz looks so comfortable. That's his element. That's you know what he likes. Ortiz to Ortiz is like
9: on the end of the table. You figure Big Poppy would get in the middle. he's and like, he's and like the guy, like pulling up on the side. The, like hey, you guys got any room? They there? are looking at each the other like so best different.
8: friends. They look nothing alike.
9: No, absolutely. Fernandez.
8: Nothing. Fernandez is uh, about as dark skinned as mutt. Yes, yep. you know he
7: is. No, I would. That's a very good. He's olive. Yes. Yeah. He has olive, olive skin. skin. He tans very David well, Ortiz I'm sure.
8: is very dark, yep. very big. Has a beard. Fernandez does not. Has a he huge has big earring. earring. Huge Fernandez diamond Fernandez does earring. not. My, uh, is right. From back, from behind, you could tell it's David right. Ortiz. It's very odd. He's huge.
7: From behind, it looked like two David Fernandez Is there one David Ortiz? Yes. Right.
8: You would never go in there and shoot Ortiz and say, "Yeah, I think I got You're him." You're
0: doing it quick. They're sitting down. You're not looking at a still photo with you the light. It's, it's a You have thirteen people
8: outside talking about this, discussing it, guys in cars, guys in So it was obviously confusing.
0: That's a sign they were confused from the start.
8: Okay, um, I, I can't tell. I'm, I respect your contrarian nature. I can't tell. Are you serious?
5: We are going to inform formally that the objective of
9: this a- attack was not David Ortiz.
8: Very okay, convincing. That's, a, that's just a translator, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a translator, that's not yes. The, uh,
9: well, they have a male attorney general. So attorney that's, general, that's not his
8: voice, uh, no. nay... Aldrin Batista.
9: No, that no, that's ahead of the national police. No, Rodriguez. Yeah, Rodriguez. Oh, that's the Jean- police Rodriguez. director. Rodriguez. Yeah, national the police, police. The national director. That's the
8: police. By the way, have some
9: stuff on them. Very, very uh, upstanding organization. The national oh yeah, police of Dominican. Yeah, those yes. the locals
7: that are quoting the Globe story seem to
9: really yes. trust their the local authorities. One there. of the most corrupt police departments in the world.
2: Yeah, the authorities are definitely covering up for David Ortiz because. David Ortiz is the most famous person in the Dominican Republic, and now we're going to act as though they thought he was somebody else who actually looks nothing like him. Yikes. Talk about a situation where Poppy put himself in a bad position by doing whatever he did with the mistress that he had down there reportedly and then getting himself involved with the wrong type of people. And now, oh, he wasn't even the intended target. They thought he was somebody else. Okay, so you just figure Elvis was somebody else. You think that Michael Jackson was just somebody else. You just figure Ronald McDonald, that's got to be somebody else. I mean, pretty identifiable for the most popular person in the country to be mistaken for somebody else, no? Finally, college basketball has a champion, Virginia Cavaliers, after losing as the one seed last year in the 16 upset to UMBC, followed up with a championship. But one team, one great team, that will be forever remembered as not winning a championship: Phi Slamma Jamma and the Houston Cougars, the Hakeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler led Cougars, who were unbelievably talented. Think about that: two NBA Hall of Famers on the same college team, and they never were able to win the title. Is that the best college team never to win? Well, here's Drexler, who joined '97 won the ticket to Detroit with Jamie and Stoney. The Houston Cougars that era, if I slam a jamma, would you say is the
9: greatest collection of talent to not win in in the history of college basketball? I mean, you were there every single year knocking on the door, but for whatever reason, it just didn't happen.
10: Oh, absolutely, I would say that. And as you as you've seen many years since then, the best team doesn't always win, right? Um, but but uh, but 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 nobody had more fun. Nobody had more talent. <laughs> And, and, and nobody surpassed expectations like the uh, Five Slam jamma team. Because we came out, the, the year we went to the Final Four, we were picked fourth in our own conference. <laughs> so don't act like they knew we were going to be there. <laughs>
6: did you enjoy the 30 for 30
10: that they did? Yeah, I thought they did a good job. Uh, the storyline was a little, uh, you know, um, it, 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 it could have been done differently, but I thought it was done well. Uh, the storyline should have been more about the guys who played as opposed to guys who didn't play.
6: Yeah, what was it, Benny Anders, who ended up, they found him here in Detroit somewhere, right? Wasn't that the guy?
10: Yeah, yeah, and Benny was a good guy. Really, really, you know, I didn't have a problem with it because hopefully it'll change his life, you know.
9: We're talking to Clyde Drexler, the Hall of Famer. He's the commissioner of the Big Three. The Big Three will tip off this Saturday night at the LCA. You can, of course, get down there and buy tickets uh, at uh, Ticketmaster locations. Or you can watch live on primetime on CBS, Channel 62 here in Detroit, uh, starting at 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, You also, Clyde, do some work broadcasting for the Houston Rockets, so I know you're very well in tune with the NBA today. (laughs) Stoney can ask the question that he wants to ask about the, the backcourt. I was curious... Your thought on where the game is right now, obviously there's a lot of commentary about how it's now being controlled by the players and the agents more so than the teams. Are you a fan of that or as a former player, or do you think it's getting a little bit too out of control?
10: I think it's getting a little bit too out of control. It should be controlled by the teams. You, you can't let these agents get together and control your narrative of your franchise because you have to look out for every all 15 players. Uh, you can't look out for one or two <laughs> and so you 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 have to make your decisions and, and and man up and and not let these agents bully you around uh but but i don't i never did like that so i was never a fan of that brand of basketball but at the end of the day it's a good product the players play hard i like the way uh they they they, they the playoffs have gone this year toronto had a great season they deserve to win the warriors were injured and obviously you can't beat anyone if you don't have the right players on the floor so Everything that happened this year, other than my Rockets losing, uh, was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I don't know how you top that. You have two NBA Hall of Famers, two of the greatest ever on your college basketball team, and you can't win a title. Now, to be fair, think about some of the championship teams that they ran up against in that era. That was specifically the Patrick Ewing, Georgetown, Hoya, hoya Destroyer years, amongst others in the mid-'80s. That's when stars were stars in college basketball. But what a phenomenally talented and fun team Five Slamma Jamma was, which is why we remember them 35 years later. That's going to be it. The best of your sports talk for Thursday, June the 20th. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe
1: now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app.